Hello and welcome to episode number 262 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good man. Cinema week is always a good week. Yes, another one of these little runs. It's pretty interesting actually that like it's always been the same thing so far this uh, year in terms of the cinema where Mm. we're in the midst of our third kind of three week in a row run. Um, And it's nice that it's kind of happened that way. And yeah, it seems to be a lot more consistent now, especially because of the fact that there are movies out there that we haven't even Mm. seen at the minute. Um, With obviously stuff like Sensor getting a very limited release amidst these like bigger releases, um, which, yeah, is always a nice, nice problem to have um, because Mm. there's plenty of stuff on the back burner. Like at the minute we have about four, maybe five um, digital movies that I'm like very much interested in watching um, that we just don't have time for right now. So, yeah, great problem to have. Um, Isn't it funny? Like we waited this long and yeah, it's it's, the last few months is when it really has felt like normal quote-unquote again hasn't it of just like consistent releases it really is and like the fact that we're we've seen so many of these white whales now and we're Mm. we're a week away from another one and it just feels like i feel like i feel like when that one's done Mm. it it kind of feels like the end i know there are Mm. other ones but it just it kind of feels like those ones that we were on the cusp of you know we we will have seen quiet place spiral and Candyman, and it just kind of it, I don't know, it, it, it kind of feels like the end of that mm. that kind of moment. And I know there's things that were delayed to, you know, next year and that sort of thing, but they were so close and so big, such big movies. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of just looking forward to Candyman even more just for that reason, to kind of feel like we're, we can, we're fully unpaused. Yeah, well, they were definitely the ones we were looking forward to the most. Um, mm. And yeah, Candyman does feel like the last one because obviously Halloween got that big delay. But like, mm. like I say, that was already far away at the time. Plus, it wasn't, you know, on the top of our list like these other ones. But um, yeah, what was definitely... its original release date, though, Halloween? La- last Halloween. Yeah, last Halloween. Okay, yeah. so it had a year. Because I was going to say, it just, I, I don't... I, I want to watch Halloween around Halloween. Mm. I like yeah, they the just that it's a they immediately delayed it. Yeah, <laughs> so like I'm I'm happy that it's there and it feels right that we're waiting for it because mm. it's not Halloween yet. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, we I definitely want to preview Candyman at the end of the show as well because we used to do that quite a bit for the big movies. Um, and this is definitely one that like I'm just so excited for. Um, but yeah, luckily there isn't too much news either this week, so we can get through it quite quickly. Um, but a whole lot of Shudder stuff, which is pretty nice. Um, because Shudder is like that service for me that is always there in when you need it and i feel like it it done us so well in the last year you know when like cinema just wasn't an option um shadow was the lockdown mvp for sure yeah (laughs) exactly and they've got a shit ton of stuff coming um still this year so kicking things off this got announced in the past week um a new sort of docuseries um similarly with the um that cursed films which i know did get renewed Mm. for season two and they did say 2021 this was like i think last august when it all happened so curious if that's still going to make an appearance because i've not heard anything about that in regards to season two but i really enjoyed that um yeah that was good but this one's called uh, behind the monsters and it's basically each episode will be spy- uh, spotlighting a different horror movie villain um right. so of course you know you've seen stuff like this before but it's always like, nice. like villain or more like doug bradley and robert england and kane hodder 
or is it or is it the you know the the villain them you know the, the character? It's, yeah, it's what well, it is the characters. Um, so I have the rundown here of the episodes. Um, so mm. it's I don't know if this is in order. I presume so. And also worth noting, um, this premieres on August twenty sixth. So right around the corner for Halloween. Um, new episodes weekly. And yeah, the order that I have uh, in the press release is Candyman is the first episode, mm-hmm. um, including interviews with the original director, Bernard uh, Rose, as well as Tony Todd and Virginia Madsen and um, Nia DaCosta, the, obviously the, the director of the new Candyman. So that's pretty right. cool. Um, second episode is Chucky, uh, interviews with Don Mancini, Tom Holland, Brad Dorf. Um, episode three is Jason Voorhees, of, of course, Kane Hodder, uh, and Tom Savini involved in that one. Um, episode four is Michael Myers, um, of course, Nick Castle uh, involved in that one. Um, Freddy Krueger is uh, the next one. Um, interviews oh, yes. with uh, Heather Langenkamp uh, and Lynn Shay. Um, doesn't mention, obviously, um, Robert England um, in the in the press release, so that'll be what? interesting. Um, <laughs> that's the only one, really, that's like a big notable omission looking at this list, because so far I'm like, also, yep, those are all the people you'd want. And then just uh, lastly is Pinhead um, nice. with an interview with Doug Bradley, it says. so. I mean, that's pretty much the list you would want in mm. terms of the characters covered. I mean, obviously, Candyman's a little bit of a shock entry, Mm. Um, and I'm really glad to see Chucky get in love. Um, you know, I, uh, Leatherface would be an odd one, seeing as you know that the actor uh, isn't around to make an interview anymore, and mm. pretty much all the movies post that have sucked. Yeah, um, yeah so I'm glad Leatherface is on. Yeah, that would be a tough one. But but yeah, I mean, the fact that they've got a who's who of the horror world, kind of for those icons, but Robert England isn't listing. I mean, that would be kind of outrageous if that episode mm. aired and robert england's not talking you, you know you, that that's pretty impossible to do so i'm hoping that 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 is just a given but it is a little bit worrying but other than that i'm pretty pumped for it yeah that is a shame because like you say that's now the one i'm looking forward to the least because of that reason whereas it would be up there i, I definitely Candyman's the one i'm looking forward to the most because of the fact that it's a mix of new and old cast um and obviously we're in the very much the height of uh candy excitement right now but yeah it's a great list um and yeah the, like these spotlighting horror killers is always such a great thing and like we say especially when it's on the platform around october when they're trying to hook those new subscribers in um so yeah look forward to that one um but that's not the only shudder news um we also have a release date for the my most anticipated movie probably in shudder history um which is of course the fourth installment in the vhs franchise um so yeah, VHS ninety four. We knew, we knew it was coming this year, and it's coming very soon. Um, kicking off Halloween season, in fact, on October six. Um, so just yeah, again, like I mean, we've got literally more news stories with other stuff announcements in October. But like as we continue to discuss, this year's October is m- mental. Like mm. it's like the last five years combined. Like I get the the COVID has had I an impact. It. Yeah, but it's crazy. Like, I feel like we're going to be covering October and it's going to be great. And then probably November and December is going to be us still covering stuff from October. Yeah, which um, I can't wait. I think it's I think it's awesome. And I, I, I feel like we thoroughly deserve this. Mm. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, we had we had such a barren, tough last year. And, and I, I just want to relish in the, the horror glory that we're going to get this this October. I can't wait. 
Yeah, Halloween was cancelled last year, so let's make it three months long this make year. Make it double. Um, but yeah, and then the next up, um, so yeah, this was another kind of uh, Shudder announcement. And I just wanted to put this one in here because of the fact that um, obviously it is Fright Fest this week as of recording. Yeah. And um, this is pretty cool because I don't I haven't really seen this before, and I could be wrong, of Shudder um directly acquiring movies seemingly based upon being at fright fest um because in the past week they've announced four movies um which are all going to be at fright fest a lot of which are having their premieres at fright fest and then shudder have picked up the rights to them um and they're releasing them at many different times um the advent calendar is one that i saw quite a lot of buzz around and they are releasing that in december this year um and a couple of others, but the other one I wanted to mention was one of the ones I'd earmarked, um, which is Off Season um, from Mickey Keaton um, or Keating, and obviously starring Richard Brake. Um, so mm. that was one of the ones that we wanted to see, and I'm pretty sure they picked it up for streaming next year, 2022. Okay. Um, nice. But yeah, I just really like to see this because obviously we we know the whole Arrow relationship with Fright Fest and how awesome that is. And it's cool because, yeah, from the press release I saw, they were talking about these four movies. Um, I should mention as well. So the other one, one of them is called Slap Face and the other one is called uh, The Last Thing Mary Saw. Um, so all four of these movies are at Fright Fest this weekend and Shudder have acquired them all worldwide rights, UK, United States, everything. Um, so yeah great to see like it seems, it seems like they have an eye on it which is cool it's i think they definitely do that they've they've acquired a lot of um fright fest movies but it's never it's never seemingly such a direct acquisition pre-fright fest which mm. is pretty cool that they've kind of got their business done super early um so yeah i don't remember it kind of being this level but they're certainly they've certainly dipped into that fright fest pool and seemingly because of fright fest quite you know quite frequently but but yeah this this is great yeah fantastic news yeah pretty much a bulk of the news this week from shudder which is great and then one very small one to end us off um the first army of the dead prequel um obviously there are many (laughs) different projects um there is first army of the dead prequel yeah there's a prequel anime series as well um but this is the live action prequel movie um called Mm -hmm. army of thieves which centers around the hacker guy that we really liked in army of the dead um and it's basically it seems like it's just a heist movie it seems like it's not a zombie movie or (laughs) you know necessarily a horror movie um but yeah it has got a release date october 29th you know doubt highly doubt this is something that we would do for the show but in terms of I mean, I really liked Army of the Dead. I really liked that character. So I'll definitely watch this at some point and report back. Um, but yeah, that's the first one. And yeah, we know that at some point a fully-fledged sequel is coming, but that's that's years away. So yeah, if you uh, are interested, this is coming pretty soon. Are you? Are you would you be interested in this one? Because I know you like that guy as well. I don't. I really don't know, man. Like As you were talking about it, I was thinking about just Army of the Dead in general and, mm. and how... I, I just don't really know how it's become this like stable IP at Netflix that's getting all of these. Well, it's zombie things. stuff, man. It's just so easy to uh-huh. turn it out, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> and it's just I, I can't really say that I'm that fussed about any of the stuff that they've announced, mm. the animes, prequels, direct sequels, all of it. I'm just like, it was a fun zombie movie, but mm. I, I don't really feel like it was a world that I needed to see kind of Batista flip more burgers in, <laughs> you know yeah um but but yeah what why not hey i mean you know i it depends i mean october 29th is not a time i'm going to be watching a non-horror movie 
kind of no. sequel to a horror movie. So, yeah, yeah but, but we'll I could be wrong because they have kept this quite under wraps. But mm. like from what I've heard, well, I'm like, I'm assuming it's just going to show him and why he was such a great hacker doing like cool bank heist. Yeah, um, I can't see how he's going to be associated to zombies because, mm. you know, he was just very much away from that. But, you know, like I say, we'll see. I, I, I really like that character as well, but... I really liked him with the other characters as well. Mm. He definitely needs an ensemble with him to work. Yeah, so yeah, we'll keep our eyes peeled for this mm. one. Um, but yeah, that is the news this week. Shall we talk about this week's film? Let's do it. Let's talk about The Night House. So yeah, th- this was a, a pretty interesting one in terms of, I guess, our coverage of it. Because um, mm. I remember putting this in the news like early last year, where it was like I think it got shown at Sundance Film Festival, um, mm. and kind of it had this this rave reviews and all of this stuff, and then it was picked picked up by. So this is where it gets hazy. I probably shouldn't go into it because it's like the whole Fox. Um, yeah, it, 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 it had issues with its with its distribution. <laughs> yeah, because it, so it says on Wiki that distributed by Searchlight Pictures, but that's mm. kind of part of the whole like Fox being bought out. And yeah, so let's not get into that. But like, it got bought by a big company based upon its reception at festivals, and then kind of it all went quiet. And I don't mm. think this was one that got all of the heavy delays i feel like it got purchased in the midst of a pandemic one of the last actual proper festivals before the pandemic yeah and then they just yeah they just kind of like well we'll sit on this we know we've got something good or at least you know as they were saying and then you know we'll release it when we're ready and of course during the last 18 months since that point we know that david bruckner uh, the director has got his next gig um which we've talked about in the news a lot which is I guess a new a reimagining of Hellraiser, um, yeah. which is incredibly exciting. Um, and I can't so... even talk about that, man, because like, <laughs> obviously uh, David Bruckner has been quite prolific on the show, and yeah, we've and covered just, quite a lot of his stuff in, in horror in general. You know, he's kind of hit creep show episodes. I'm not exactly sure what ep- he did two, didn't he? But I don't know what two he did. Two, yeah, he did two segments in the first season. I can't remember off mm. the top of my head either. No. But yeah, as far as stuff for the show, we obviously did a show on The Ritual, yeah. um, which I loved. Uh, mm. And we did a, sh- a show on Southbound uh-huh. uh, back yeah. in our first year. But he only did one segment. But I do specifically remember that being the best segment, um, right. which involved as like is, a car is... crash. Oh, okay, yeah. And then, um, yeah, and then obviously like, VHS. Was it or something? Yeah, something? Yeah. yeah, that one. Okay. And then, yeah, obviously he did. Siren in VHS. Yeah, Amateur Night, as it was known then. But yeah, yeah. obviously then became uh, known as Siren. But yeah, Yeah. like this guy has kind of proven himself doing segmented stuff. But then also, yeah, like The Ritual was his last big movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So yeah, kind of, he's one of these guys that um, he's obviously not mainstream, but he's, Mm. if you're a horror fan, the chances are you'll have seen some of his work at some point um because yeah. he's been very busy over the last five years and like i say a oh, lot yeah. he's gonna he's about to this is like his last i mean this is a big release the nighthouse it is a very wide release for a horror movie mm. um but like obviously when you hit something like hellraiser you're just gonna about to be open to like a whole new audience um yeah. but yeah the nighthouse um the nighthouse. i guess that's really it i mean i guess we just have to go into plot now 
Yeah, so I mean, you know, this is this is a weird one for me because I think looking, this is one that trailers don't serve this movie great. I don't feel that um, mm. it has a very weird plot to synopsize, and it has a very weird um, idea that almost. I feel like in the trailers they shouldn't have even tried to unpack, and I'm not really even <laughs> going to go into the houses and that sort of thing because mm. I don't really think it's that significant for the the setup and i and i kind of think the trailers needed to do that as well because yeah because um, it's a story about characters isn't it yeah like... yeah because basically yeah the movie starts with beth uh played by rebecca hall who um the, the we don't really know what's going on in the start and especially if you haven't kind of gone into it with the trailers and the synopsis kind of you know she's just very sad and kind of obviously something's happened to her and very early on we unpack that her husband has um not only died but he committed suicide kind of just completely out of the blue to her Mm. and uh, what literally like a week ago when we when we first meet um beth and um the whole the whole film is basically her trying to unpack kind of what happened to her husband why did he do what he did when he was seemingly happy and kind of as she starts to do that more and more disturbing events kind of unfold and she kind of starts to feel his presence kind of around her at the house and kind of starting to have some of these supernatural things happen but um more than anything this is kind of a a plot driven character piece on beth kind of trying to unravel what happened to her husband um uh what was it owen was the husband yeah called, I think? yeah um um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's a pretty concise plot and kind of pretty much sums the movie up. And I, and I, I do wish the trailer had a kind of kept to that point because, you know, the movie does unfold, you know, it's called the night house. And when you start to get into what that means and what it means about a house and everything else, I don't think that, I don't think it, I think it's very confusing until you watch the movie and you really mm-hmm. unpack kind of final act stuff about what that means. And I think kind of, it's almost worth staying away from and just, just knowing that this is Beth's story trying to unravel what happened to her husband. Um, and, and, and yeah, I think this, this movie is one that, like I say, with the trailer, I wasn't too buzzed for, and I was only really wanting to see it because of David's name being attached to it. And because mm. he, he hit a home run with the ritual and he was, you know, doing really good work with his segment work. It's kind of like, well, this guy hasn't had a miss yet. I, I'm, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, even though I wasn't blown away by the trailer. Um, that's the, I really, think the news of the Hellraiser stuff is like people yeah. saw this and they went, right, that's the guy for Hellraiser. <laughs> yeah, but I think I think for me it was more his his prior work mm. what got me wanting to get in the cinema to watch this. And I and and yeah, I'm, I'm really glad I did. I think um, you know from from minute one, this movie is just like engulfing and and captivating and and it had my it had my full attention from minute one to the final minute and there was there was almost no moments in the movie that i wasn't into it and you're you're driven by rebecca hall's performance kind of as beth and kind of her journey and i think you know you're either in that ride or you're not um but i i was in it for minute one and i think kind of um the movie with its jump scares, actually, like a couple of them, like I don't talk jump scares often, but a couple of them had the pace in where I, it got me and it caught me off guard, 
where a lot of these movies, you know, you you, you know, you, you're watching a conjuring, you're watching a spooky thing, you know, when the when the cabal has come in and kind of the jump. Whereas like this movie with its pacing, it, it the jump scares made me jump, which which you know I'm not there for really, but but I have to give a nod to. And then it was really the suspenseful stuff and just her unpacking that story that I was really fascinated with and just really, um, you know, captivated with what happened to her husband, what's happening to her now, what does it mean? And I think kind of quite often with these movies, it it gets you to ask a lot of these questions um, and then it doesn't really have a good way to answer it. Mm. And this movie to me does, I think it, it really answered almost every question that I had. I know exactly what happened to her husband. I'm not going to go into it, obviously, but we know what happens. We know why he did what he did. And we know kind of why that affects Beth as well. And I think kind of, um, I think that's, that's, you know, really good. I think when the movie ended, it felt a tad abrupt. And, and I, and I kind of wish we had almost like that Sarah Connor on the road moment with with kind of like a little bit of a monologue kind of post the end scene if you know what I mean and kind of you know a little bit more but I think any movie that just especially when when it's got um uh you know what was it it was an hour and 40 odd wasn't it yeah maybe a little bit less yeah so it's you know it's a decent runtime, and even then I'm not complaining I don't think it wasted any time and then and when the movie ended I wanted a bit more so I, I can't really complain too much about the ending. And, and more than anything, like I say, I was captivated for out and um, wasn't expecting to be as kind of into it when when on paper you see what it is, and, and especially with the trailers and stuff. But, but yeah, I was, I was really blown away and had a real good time with this one. Mm. I, I'm definitely not as strong on this one. Um, I think I agree with a lot of what you've just said, but I definitely found parts of this quite frustrating to watch um for me there was a lot of scenes that didn't really go anywhere um scenes that in the moment were really great um and i do want to pull it back just a minute because i do think the overarching story and our lead character is fantastic um and i was completely with you like from from the start her portrayal was so realistic that i was so invested immediately in who she was Mm. and trying to unravel this mystery um and the kind of the small like there's a really uh, a really awesome scene early on at the bar and that's like one of the best scenes early on because it does such a good job of getting across who Mm. beth is as a character where she's at emotionally whilst also giving you a lot it's almost like the most pieces of the puzzle they give you in that scene and then it probably isn't much else until about an hour after that um but it does work because it's not you know hitting you over the head with exposition it is more these subtle things the more you think about the more they make sense and from from the moment to moment i was super invested and really wanted to find out what was going on my problem comes from there's a lot of just dead ends and a lot of scenes that don't go anywhere where it's a really cool tension and then and then by the end of that scene and then the start of the next scene we're right back where we were before that scene started if that makes any sense where there it's, hasn't it's been that natural progression night. it's kind of the day night cycle of a lot of these movies isn't it where you kind of have that and it kind of resets 
yeah like it's hard to explain where it's like you have beth and you have all the information that she has at that moment and then say you've gone off on one path and it's really exciting and interesting and tension filled and then the second that scene ends that path cuts off and you're right back where you started and then you go off another branch that's equally as interesting and then it goes and that to me is how i felt for the first hour of this movie where like moment to moment i was having a good time but then when i was thinking about it i was like well you haven't this whole part didn't really make much sense and you know you've hinted at um stuff involving books which was really interesting early on and then you know i'm like okay the movie will circle back to that in like 40 minutes and i i wanted it to be that more you're on the path now and this is the way beth's gonna unravel this mystery um because it felt like she was going around in circles at times and especially like you just mentioned with the day and night thing where specifically things do happen at night to her and that's when it does become a case of like oh, hair was a lot of progression and she found out potentially about some of these dark secrets that Owen was harboring. But then the second it ends and she's almost snapped out of it, it's like it didn't even really matter. Um, but I, I, I do think I'm sounding harsh because I did like this movie overall. I didn't definitely didn't love it. Um, I'm probably quite similar to how I felt last week where I'm like, yeah, this was cool. And as I was watching it moment to moment, I had fun. Um, I didn't like the ending is probably where we're going to differentiate the most. Because did you say you really liked the ending? No, I didn't really like the ending. Okay. I felt it I felt it abrupt. I, hmm. I liked everything I saw. I just didn't like the fact that credits rolled when it did. I needed a few more minutes. Um, yeah. But I didn't, I didn't dislike it. I was up, you know, and that's why I can't, you know, be too harsh on it because i really you know it was just i needed more it ended fairly abruptly for me yeah obviously without going into spoilers but it it actively frustrated me and annoyed me because i feel like with all the evidence that the movie gave us they had committed to a certain story which i found really interesting and once you figured out what happened with owen and what his plan was I felt like the movie could only end one way. And I guess we'll talk about that when we get to spoilers. But the fact that it didn't felt like a big cop out to me where I was like, oh, you didn't have the balls to do the way this movie should have ended. But maybe that's just a matter of, um, you know, preference. Um, but I do think the, the the performance is so solid. Like we say this a lot with the acting and kind of like it's something that we just we call out a lot because we're so lucky right now that we have so many talented actors within the horror genre but the well the one distinction i want to make is that the the lead female performances in particular is like really starting to put the men to shame i think within this genre um because i was looking at it this just this year let alone you know us midsummer invisible man all this stuff but like mm. just this year we we could already stop that category and it would be really difficult for me to pick what my three favorite female performances were the male category is like i would have to scrape together at least a barren. couple yeah, yeah it is very barren and and that's just obviously the um the format sometimes because whatever story you've written obviously this had this had to be beth's story and so it just mm. happened to be a female character but that is, I guess, another random thing that, that leads me towards being very excited for next week with Candyman because it is seemingly, based upon the trailers, a male-driven horror movie. And it's weird that that's quite rare these days. Mm. Um, Especially when the, the original was a female-driven story. Exactly, yeah. And, and even looking to the to rest of the year, you've got Halloween that has a big female focus. You've got Last Night in Soho, which has a dual female leads. Like, 
it is very rarely i mean i guess the lighthouse was the last kind of major one really that was these yeah. like two male characters but yeah this i know it's a bit of a tangent but that was something i was thinking about a lot of this movie where i was like man this and obviously there's people like emily blunt obviously elizabeth moss last year and florence Pugh, and we've just had so many incredible emily blunt again <laughs> yeah like we've had so many amazing mm. female leads and i'm like we just don't have that same uh quantity when it comes to the male leads um but yeah uh, one thing i will say because you mentioned the jump scares like so with the jump scares what i don't i th- maybe this is a bit too spoilery of a question to ask you but i wanted to ask you specifically about them that you liked because before i get you to answer one thing i had made note of was this movie had some for me anyway unbearably annoying audio based jump scares um which oh, is yeah, like yeah. easily my biggest pet peeve where it's was, nothing has one... happened on screen that's actually making that sound it's yeah. just like it's a it's literally the person was, on the couch and it's one, just a loud noise there was one about 10 minutes into the movie that was one of the loudest noise jump scares where nothing happened with it. Oh, it's ridiculous. Cinema. I'm like, yeah, what made um, noise in the film? Literally no, nothing. It, it, it wasn't that. There, there's a there's a scene at night where um, some female characters are kind of running around outside. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, that was good. That was very and, good. Yeah, and and I kind and, and you, you kind of think it's over, and then they hit you one more time, and it's kind of like, and that one that was the one that got me, and that mm. one like legit made me jump in my chair, which. I just don't do often in these movies and mm. like I say I'm I'm not there for that but when it when they do it and they work I'm not actively sitting there not trying to be caught by it and so so yeah I'm just kind of fairly pedestrian to them normally and and yeah that one got me and so I had to just nod that one in particular really more than anything um but I think kind of when you say about um the you know kind of the scenes being super interesting, but not ultimately going anywhere. Hmm. I kind of feel to me that was Beth's mind being unraveled. We kind of, we have her best friend that's, that's constantly saying to her, um, remember the man, don't try and look into this. Like he had his own life, but just remember the life he had with you. And it's, I kind of felt like it was Beth's push and pull to kind of, the story's there kind of unraveling and she wants to know but she also doesn't want to know and it's only when the things at night are kind of forcing her more and more down that path i kind of feel like she's somewhat reluctantly doing it because of not actually wanting to know the answers Mm. um and um i think as well like i got obsessed with certain things throughout this movie where the, the best friend kind of how eager she was not for beth not to to be involved like i'm not going into spoilers here it was just early on like the best friend was overtly not wanting her to get involved and i i I instantly just put on my suspicion hat and i started (laughs) started, like smoking my pipe and then i got absolutely obsessed with the brandy she was drinking i don't know about you i got obsessed with it because she she i didn't think even really noticed either of these two things (laughs) mate like in the opening, in the I was opening obsessed scenes, with the letter, which we can get to later. But that was yeah. yeah. Well, because these are 
not that thing no. to get obsessed about. But the, the, <laughs> well, the, she does the mention alcohol. it though. She does specifically talk about the the alcohol, yeah, because so she's alcohol, like I haven't acquired a taste for it the, yet or something. Literally, the opening scene, she goes and pulls a crate of this alcohol out of like storage, mm. and and then pretty much throughout the entirety of the movie, she is drinking. Yeah, and she is drinking just before things start to happen. <laughs> I honestly got obsessed with it. No, I, I think like, that's. In, I do think that's I, intentional. Now I, you I mention like, it, I something's in this alcohol i'm like he was poisoned and now she's being poisoned mm. and like i just as i was watching this movie i i had the, these were the kind of like um not the only conspiracy theories i had but some of the other ones are more more close to what happened so i'm not going to get involved in those but like yeah I, I and i think that was why i just kind of i was unraveling this mystery in my mind and quite quite often when we talk about um Say, for example, a movie like Old that I thoroughly enjoyed, I never really sat there and was trying to unpack what was going on. I was just kind of enjoying it. Like, I never at one point was like, oh, I really want to know why people are getting old quick. And like, Yeah, we both said that, didn't we? We didn't need that explanation. No. And like, and I don't, I don't often, again, I don't often do that in movies. I don't, I don't tend to sit there and try to do that. I remember like Scream was a big one back in the day that I remember actively thinking who the killer is throughout the movie and the whodunit. But I'm not always doing that. And this movie really was making me think moment to moment and throughout it. And so when things did slow down a little bit and we did get back to that day cycle, it was almost like it gave me a minute for my brain to start kind of pondering what I'd just seen and thinking about the alcohol a bit more. Um, and, and yeah, I, I think that was part of what really got me into the ride a lot more, really. Um, well, there was some fascinating moments of mystery. Like I loved hmm. the photo on the, on the mobile phone. Oh, that photo. Yeah. And kind of like, it, it's just such a little subtle thing where, you know, she's kind of like, this is me. Right. And, but, but it's, you know, and, and it's, it's so well done because you look, you look at the photo a million times and you, you genuinely can't tell if it's her or I someone else. It, I was like, that's her. And then, then, then when she said it wasn't her, I'm like, nah, BA, that is you. <laughs> then I was like, she's not wearing a wedding, wedding ring. It's not her. <laughs> <laughs> and especially, and obviously it's playing into the whole, like are you crazy you know what are you seeing is the photo changing to your own perception like i there is a lot to like in here as well with the movie a lot of it is what is actually happening and what Mm. is she actually experiencing versus is she just getting blackout drunk and and kind of (laughs) hallucinating and i think that is part of kind of why the movie does go backwards and forwards a bit because she we don't know what's real and what's not pretty much when she gets home in the evenings all bets are off really Mm. um and and yeah i think as well like i I enjoyed pretty much most characters that the the kind of ensemble cast around her that that are very rarely used i mean this is very much rebecca hall on screen for for an hour and a half um but but when the other characters are around i think almost everyone was enjoyable in this movie um I don't know. I don't know what savage person from the, from the police department though gives gives the weapon back. <laughs> I was thinking that because it was even, it was in the bag. Obviously, like it had been scanned or whatever, yeah. like a piece of evidence. I'm like, did she steal this? Like, no, I feel like they, they give like the possessions back. Mm. It's like an open and shut case. But I just kind of feel like someone with a bit of tax somewhere should been. Do you know what? We'll we'll dispose of this. <laughs> like, mm. Especially because it wasn't her gun. Like she said, mm. they didn't even. She didn't even know that he owned it. So yeah, it's she's not like, it. No, it's like oh, that's yeah. me favorite yeah. gun. I mean, she ain't, she ain't <laughs> no license for that if we're going to delve into specifics <laughs> there like, you know 
Like, they could just hang on to that for her. And, uh, and the, the, the savage person that hands the uh, note with bloodstains on it as well. I'm like, really, guys? Like, that was a really great moment. That definitely yeah. got a chuckle from me when she just presents oh. it. Where, like, in the middle of this bar scene. Especially when the friend is like, oh, you, you carried a note with you. Cool. <laughs> like, yeah, it's still got the blood on it. It's just, that's brilliant. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I will mention as well, kind of like, it is obviously personal preference, because the these types of movies, obviously, I'm not a big fan of these, mm. you know, and I will say that I think this is better than I mean, this is easily better than all of the Conjuring spinoffs, I would say. Um, mm. It definitely, you know, isn't on the level of the free Conjuring movies for me. Um, but I would gladly watch it before all of those other movies, because it had such an enamoring story. But then when you get to it, it is still the same kind like this doesn't reinvent the wheel what it does do is it does a really good job of presenting a fascinating story and a really real human character in one of these films that we've seen a lot and i think if like we've said this before if this came out seven years ago you know we'd all be losing our minds over it but like we've seen so many of these movies now where it's like i'm waking up at night a good you know there's some sort of ghostly presence in my house like we we've seen this man and i i've and again personal preference i've never been the biggest fan of this subgenre this just isn't for me um but having said that i still think this is one of the better ones but i think that's where a lot of my frustrations come down to because once it starts to follow that formulaic route is where i get frustrated um but i do want to talk about and we don't have to just yet but like because i it's not particularly spoilers because I don't want to talk about um, end the right at the end of the movie, but I do want to talk about the house um, and kind of what that means. So are we there yet? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think, I mean, it's not crazy spoilery because it no. is a lot in the trailer, but I guess we can kind of, you know, go into recommendations and then throw up the spoiler if you want. Yeah. And like you say, it's not, I mean, I guess we'll have to, cause then we can just go, go all in, but yeah, it's not even, all in. No. yeah, we may as well. Um, it's difficult for me because I did like it. Um, even though I really didn't like the ending, which we're about to get into for why I didn't like it. Um, I don't know, man. I, for, for me, I'd, pro- it's, it sounds harsh cause I did like it, but I'd probably say no, just cause I would never typically recommend these types of movies unless they are the pinnacle of this subgenre and i don't think this is the conjuring 2 so maybe that's being harsh but for that reason i wouldn't even though i did enjoy it a lot yeah i mean i i definitely would recommend this i think um i would recommend going to the cinema to see this as well i mean one one thing aside we had an atrocious cinema experience <laughs> and the fact that i'm coming out of this as hot with the with the cinema experience we had i i think it's you know it it was really suspenseful and like i say i was i was in it from start to finish and i'm typically with you that i don't like this genre massively and and they have to be really good ones but i i do think this is a really good one and i mm-hmm. think kind of um I what I like about this movie more is Beth's journey as to why her husband committed suicide and and the ghost stuff was kind of very secondary to me mm. and 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 that story was strong enough for me to be fully engaged start to finish and, and yeah like I say I, I I'd recommend this I think I think it's a real good one yeah so we'll, we'll go into spoilers now and then yeah we can kind of extrapolate on it a bit because i i do think i i agree with you on a lot of it where i love this character and i love this story but where i become frustrated is 
the answers we get and the um, mythology of what's happening. Because I think there's some really fascinating stuff here. Kind of early on, one of the clues that Rebecca, um, uh, Beth drops is that she died. Um, mm. And and kind of that was really cool. And you immediately know like, oh, okay, that's going to come back in some capacity. And I do well, – one thing I will give this movie massive credit for is that at no point does it sit you down and explain everything that's happened. Nice. Like all of the clues are there, and I think it's presented in a fairly easy to you know um, understand manner. This isn't some confusing, um, weird movie, I guess, or I can't think of the word to describe it now. But like, yeah, um, but just pause in there. I think the very start of this movie is that, and I think that's what made the story so fun to unpack. We don't get a little info dump of like a police officer explaining what's happened or anything. Mm. You don't know her husband's committed suicide for a little while until she. It's pretty much until she says it to the to the um yeah in the school yeah yeah and I'm like I I really enjoyed that that we're unpacking this story we're just there at this point like a few days after yeah and, and like you say that is consistent with this movie where mm. it doesn't constantly say his it doesn't go right now we're going to explain what this nothing is and why it's after beth and then mm. the you know the entire story which is actually pretty cool of owen kind of trying to protect beth and and trying to trick this demon <laughs> into not going after her anymore sorry little gang of beth yeah like it's um it, it's cool um I like, I like that it was different i've not seen that take before of kind of like um what like like what i will say is that at no point did the movie successfully bait me in the sense that um i i didn't ever the movie tries to make you think certain things about owen whilst also mm. presenting other information and it, and i like that but, like, at no point did I think, oh, he was just a piece of shit scumbag that was cheating on her. Like, they had spent too long showing that it's, it was a good relationship that I never believed that. Yeah, it's weird, though, because obviously we're in full spoilers now. Um, hmm. I never really thought he was a uh, uh, going to be a serial cheater. Hmm. But I, I, you know, when we got into that real darker stuff and when she starts to uncover bodies, I was hmm. like, oh, damn. Like... That's what he's all about, and is he summoning some satanic shit? And and it and it did get me to think that he was doing something with that level and was having these dark urges that way. Mm. Um, and especially when they're kind of like, oh, they all look like Beth. It's like, oh, he's like, he doesn't want to kill her, but he has these urges, so <laughs> he's just going and killing people that look like her. And I was like, and and it did make me think that. And so I think again, that's where it worked for me. Where I was like, oh damn it and i was like damn it owen and then like when it came back around i was like oh owen's the ultimate hero <laughs> yeah well you mentioned as well about how good the rest of the cast is even if they don't necessarily mm. have too much screen time but the the neighbor character is used yeah. so well and he yeah he mentions exactly what you just said where it's like he sees owen with the girl and then owen comes to him and says that he has these urges you know and, and she's the one who flat out says what urges and he's like mm. well forgive me but i didn't feel the need to ask like i saw him with another woman that wasn't you i made a lot of assumptions from that i didn't assume that he was killing these women to <laughs> to protect you from a Revenge demon, <laughs> demon <or> <laughs> yeah so like you know i'm with that guy <laughs> um but so so yeah i do think like that stuff's fascinating where i got frustrated was the whole concept of the house stuff because mm. it's called the night house and early on they make a whole thing about 
about he built this house and then one of the first things that happens at night is she sees the other mirror of the house and i did remember that from the trailer mm. the scene when she goes into the mirror house and sees herself sleeping on the couch and, I, and that was what pulled me into this movie from that first trailer and so i really thought after we'd already got such a great setup of story and character that that would be the next 30 to 40 minutes of the movie and it's really not it's such a tiny part of this movie it's mostly just about the demon and it's really it's such these small hints because especially knowing what he's you like as i mentioned before i knew people saw this movie and then he got the hellraiser gig and the second they're showing all these satanic books and and keep away yeah and 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 there is a lot of stuff in here to do with hellraiser which we can get into like there's straight up direct quotes pulled from hellraiser and there's a lot of stuff in here um that very much is reminiscent of hellraiser but this is a very tame story this is a very you know just human story based upon one character and obviously hellraiser was a very human story but it also goes mental and has insane gore and insane violence and insane over-the-top horror this never does that it like it hints all these stuff like especially when she found the um that what is it kind of like a doll of some sort in the other house kind of like a voodoo doll but Yeah. yeah And when she saw that, I was like, oh, my God, I was getting so excited because I was like, the last 30 minutes of this is going to be like the end of the Evil Dead remake. Like, we're going to be getting rain and blood. She's going to be like killing demons in this fucked up, you know, reverse house. I did not want that at all. I I really (laughs) thought they were going to go for And I I fully expected a lot of practical effects because, again, the Hellraiser thing was in my mind. And so the fact that this is a very limited finale um was frustrating to me um so yeah kind of again that's my own i guess you know i got into my own head about that because i was expecting one thing that the movie didn't give me um but to talk specifically about the ending like i don't know about you but the way that they'd crafted it i was like well he he failed because it it, what he was trying to do didn't work and now the demon has got her and the Mm. only way out is death so yeah. I fully expected her to kill herself at the end to stop, yeah. to stop this demon from killing her friend and neighbor. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you. Did, did you think that was how this movie I'm, was going to go? I'm almost certain that that's how the movie ends. Um, it well, should have. <laughs> I'm almost certain that's how it originally ended. And mm. It would have been a... a would have been awesome. I'd have been, way, I'd been uh, way like higher yeah. on this movie if that was the ending. And, and I think that's what's needed because where I have my problem is... When she ultimately gets, like, just rescued by her friend, mm. nothing is still there. Nothing's still after her. I know. This isn't over for her. So we don't get a finale. She just didn't kill herself then. Mm. Like, every night. It happens night, the day she, after this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She Well, the day after she kills herself or the day yeah. after that. Like, That's what um, I mean. It's such an unfulfilling ending. And and so, yeah, I, I, I definitely do hear you there. And I think it's probably just the fact of... When I'm judging the Aaron 40 that we were given, I was in it start to finish. And, and but yeah, it didn't truly finish. Um, and, I, and I do think that's disappointing. And like I said, I think even if they'd have just done the Terminator 2, Sarah Connor, like I say, just, just literally her in a car driving, you know, almost saying like, you know, I've, you know, I've learned to live with nothing and I, I keep it at bay and blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, I have my tricks and, and I'm I'm gonna keep fighting for Owen or do you know what I mean? Just 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 a little bit of a monologue to kind of say what she's doing now post this because 
her just on the docks kind of after being pulled from the boat and, and them just crying and being happy. That's not the ending of this story. This story does continue. Um, and, you know, she looks back at the boat and you can kind of, I thought it was very great how she looks back at it and they're like, what are you looking at? And she says nothing. And then mm. as you stare, you can you can kind of make out a bit of a silhouette in the light and kind of shadow. The neighbor but, definitely but, saw that um, as well. Yeah. And I really thought that was great. And it, it kind of gives me chills thinking about it because it was really well done. But it just didn't feel like I say it. it, it that's not a conclusion to this story and and it definitely is a frustration um and it's one that i didn't i can't i couldn't go super into into my review because it's so spoilery Mm, but it definitely is it's it's the most sour part of this movie for me and and it is the ending um you know it's just that it it's not bad like i say up up until when credits roll it's not bad it's just it's bad once you get nothing more if you see what I'm trying to say. So it's a ba- um, it's a bad ending. I think it's a yeah. bad ending because it really like you say I was up and I was with it until that point. Yeah. And then the fact that she's in the boat and she has the same choice that Owen made. And I love the fact that she's talking to what she thinks is Owen multiple mm. times that seemingly ends up to be nothing. And mm. I would have liked again if you if you need to give the audience that glimmer of hope, you could have her kill herself and then she hears Owen's voice properly because a lot of what happens in this movie is her saying you know i died and there's nothing and then obviously that has different connotations later on but yeah you could have there is a way in which to do a tiny glimpse of hope um without just having this with her just giving that promise of an afterlife yeah, because mm. like I say, they, I get that they wrote themselves into a, a corner for me because most people aren't going to be happy to see the lead character that you've just been on this journey with for 90 minutes just shoot themselves in the head. Yeah. But you, that was the perfect ending for this movie. I nearly, I nearly spoiled a movie there. Well, <laughs> I think I was in about to as well until you just said that. Is it a movie we saw last year? Correct, one that we Oh my God. Yet. If you didn't say that, I was literally then about to talk about that and didn't even think about it as a spoiler. Christ <laughs> almighty. That's fucking hilarious. Um, yeah, I, but yeah, I, that, I movie, that movie yeah. committed to its ending and it was Good. one of our favourite movies yeah. we've ever seen. I, I, um, I do... I, I am with you, and I and I do think they bottled it because I mm. think the only true ending of this is is her doing that because, like I said, she, she's not out of the woods. It's not like and and if she is, then Owen killed a lot of women and himself for nothing because apparently you can just uh, literally for nothing because because yeah. all you all you really have to do is just pull her out of this like the friend did and and jobs are good and and, and yeah, well, yeah there's I mean, no story. There's no story reason why it would be over. Um, Yeah, I I genuinely think there is is a shot ending where she kills herself. And I think it was put out to test and and everyone said it was too depressing. And then I wouldn't even be surprised if this movie, this this ending was shot in 2020 at some (laughs) point. Like they they, they brought the film and they're like, "Mm, it's not going to come out for another year. Let's try to have an ending where she doesn't die. Hey, guys, like it wouldn't surprise me. Because it, it, it does feel at a place tonally with where that last 20 minutes is going. Um, you know, and the only the only reason why I possibly think that that's not the case is that they really do spoon feed you with her best friend running through the house that Beth had already done it. Mm. And I think it, it, with that long foreboding for then her not to do it, for the, her then to do it on screen would be really savage. And I think they wouldn't have had that bit with her friend so much if there wasn't a, a light at the end of the tunnel as opposed to just tunnel. 
We need to start the movement now. Release the suicide ending cut. That's all I want. Yeah. To be fair, as, as macabre as it sounds, like if she had have, you know, killed herself at the end the way that you kind of feel it's going, I really feel like this movie would be proper up there for me. 100%. I completely agree. Um, it would change me yeah. completely. Like I say, I did like this movie. I do have frustrations. And like we've said before, if the movie sours you at the final moment, you're going to yeah. be sour on it. And even though yeah. I still like this movie because Rebecca Hall put in one of the best performances I've seen all year, um, this is another very competently directed movie by David, of course, and with a with a really nice take on the possession stuff like i mentioned earlier it's not a reinvention but this is one of the more unique takes i've seen um and definitely one of the ones i've enjoyed the most but when you whiff the end in that badly i have to dock you multiple points sadly um but yeah not not a worthless movie by any means like i did i did very much enjoy it um but yeah that is our discussion on the night house uh, we will take a short break and we will be right back So, yeah, just to sort of finish us off this week, um, I know we've been watching a few things. Um, mm. I have a couple of movies, which I'll, I'll probably get to. But, yeah, let's talk about some TV, shall we? Oh, Christ. <laughs> because uh, I, I know you've been watching that, um, how, we sh- how should we say, interesting American Horror Stories, which is now <laughs> finished, obviously prior to the new yeah, season yeah. coming uh, back. So. Yeah, a, le- a nice lean seven episodes. Um, I had already given my thoughts on the first five, and I think it's in the first three, maybe. Yeah, um, we talked quite a bit about the first three. Yeah, so um, let's give us some recaps from from four onwards. Yeah, remind me what episodes are what. Christ, <laughs> I know episode five, six, and seven, but I'm struggling to remember what four was. Um, four, oh, four was Bro House. Oh yeah, I did quite like this one. Yeah, <laughs> so, this was funny. I quite like Bro House. I mm. mean, when you're going to cast Danny Trejo as a <laughs> Christmas, I'm going to probably dig the movie. I enjoyed the whole kind of Bro House concept and mm. kind of that whole... The, the the fact that they even lent into it more with like them being aging and kind of trying to yeah. struggle to keep the times and, and all of that stuff. I thought they were way more well-rounded than they should have been for what this episode was. Um, my only qualms with the episode was that Danny Trejo rocks up far too late. Yeah. And, you know, was clearly there for one day as Danny Trejo can only ever be on a movie set for one day, apparently, these days. Mm. Um, and with his limited time, we got very little time with the killers and actually most of this episode was just the bro house them kind of being bros and going into turmoil and wasn't really a lot of horror no. um but i still had pretty good time with it and and yeah didn't didn't hate this episode at all yeah i i really liked it and i think i would have loved it for all the reasons you've just said this is 90 percent not horror and then yeah. they just tack on a horror ending and had this been the exact same episode but every five to seven minutes they cut away yeah, and just randomly yeah show treo like slitting people's throats yeah. in a santa costume i would have loved it it would have been um, yeah yeah but like you say it is not really horror but i did like it because i loved what they were riffing on these kind of like really obnoxious annoying youtubers i mean this was straight up the pools what they were mm. referencing yeah. you know they referenced the suicide forest and all sorts of stuff so it was yeah. Yeah, it was fascinating they it's they nailed the kind of social stuff they were going for with some yeah. fun horror but yeah it wasn't 
wasn't perfect. I um, think as well, what I kind of discovered in this episode was how fun the opening credits are. I, think, oh, I yeah. think the opening credits of this season are uh the best part of this season. Mm. <laughs> yeah, cause because we've even mentioned it. It's it's mental because I only yeah. noticed it on episode three, because obviously episode mm. one and two are very similar to what we've seen yeah. before. So then when episode three starts and it has its own unique title sequence, I'm yeah. like, wait, they're doing this for every episode. Yeah. That is so exactly over the top and brilliant. And I, and, I, and I loved it. And I think kind of what what bro house did as well which was really fun was it kind of goes into later acts of the movie you know because we get the opening of the bros doing their thing and we don't know anything about killer father christmas or anything like that and the opening credits peeled away some of that and as you're Mm. watching the opening credits you can get a feel of what the episode is going to delve into and as we get into the latter movies you know um um episodes you know you get kind of the the i guess the next episode is the baby one right yeah mm-hmm. and like we get into like the witchcrafty stuff and that sort of thing in the um uh, uh opening credits and yeah i really enjoyed the opening credits of this um but yeah episode five the the baby one um i i i was frustrated to see billy lord um because i don't i didn't want to see um returning characters really i wanted this to be quite a standalone thing and i don't know why that irked me but it kind of did um and then kind of with the episode itself i it when we got to the the end part i didn't mind the last bit but it was just so goddamn long and so long about what we kind of knew what was happening and 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 kind of like what you said before with possession stuff and that it was just this really night day crappy kind of possession thing and and i wasn't i wasn't that into this one no i didn't like five at all i found it incredibly boring um i was excited to see billy because she's been a late great addition to the kind of american horror story family so i'm not i'm not sick of her at this point um you know if someone like sarah paulson who i'm a massive fan of like i don't need her in this because we Mm. see plenty of her anyway um yeah yeah of all the people billy is a you know someone who is still fresh enough that, that i'm happy to see i just wanted you know, as we go into further into this, I just wanted it to be very adjacent to American mm. Horror Story, kind of what we were promised. And it's almost exactly the opposite of that. Well, this was um, just such a long, drawn out episode. I yeah, was, it was so fucking long. Like the middle part of it, I was like, just get to your shitty twist ending. And yeah, I didn't like this one. But episode six was next. And um, I cannot wait to see your reaction to this one because I have some pretty strong thoughts on this one. Uh so hang on it's just slipped my mind episode, episode six, six is the best wrong turn since the original wrong turn movie oh christ yeah so this one's really funny because the opening of this with the lost child and mm. kind of them looking for the lost child i really didn't like the opening and um why didn't you like it really i don't know i just wasn't i think it was because i watched pretty much these two episodes back to back and i was like oh i'm not a <laughs> fucking kid i was like oh god and i just wasn't that into it and i'm sure like now i i would enjoy it more but i just kind of was watching it and then with the opening credits the opening credits trolled me so hard because the opening credits really pushes bigfoot yeah <laughs> and, and so when the kid goes missing and then they go into the woods i'm like oh for fuck's sake we're gonna have this like Big, and like there's a bit where a tree moves and, and you think it might be a Bigfoot watching and stuff. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, it's going to be the entire episode of just like shadows and like a shit, you know, Bigfoot thing. And I was like, oh, I can't handle this. And then when it kicked off, 
I was like, Jesus Christ, what is what is going on? Because yeah, it's like it's like um, wrong turn on roids mm-hmm. because you've just got these crazy freaks that are just like every single one of them is this crazy character with kind of like it was what the hills of eyes remake was trying to achieve with like this deformities and kind of super super deformity versus superhuman and and hills of eyes remake never pulled it off and this even in the little glimpses we got like massively pulled it off where you got these just kind of like creatures with claw arms and and giants and, and all of this crazy stuff and it was just it it was so much to take in and i kind of wish like the opening was was not as long because we needed more time with that craziness because mm. it, it really was a whole box of crazy i loved episode six i i thought this was like by far the best episode of the season and, and was the only one that i would like unequivocally recommend to people where it was just a great story i was invested from early on of this kid going mission missing and then the time jump um and seeing these two characters and how they reacted to this moment and the guilt i loved all of that and like it was i was genuinely invested in it even though it goes pretty wacky and pretty american horror story especially the ending is very silly um but i just really liked it and especially having seen such a awful wrong turn movie that was what two hours and 20 minutes earlier on this year uh, this should have been an hour and a half because it's like them going into the woods and and this being if this was wrong turn 20 or whatever we're at at this point like that would have been great and and yeah like i say i'm my only thing with this this was i watched two episodes back to back the one before and then this and that was Mm. why i was like oh jesus christ and like i say they the the opening credits trolled me so hard in a bad way because i really thought we were going to get this stripped back big bigfoot thing and i but i one thing is what i want to point out the the ranger Mm. the park ranger he was goddamn fantastic yeah so that was like the one that i think out of all of the american horror story actors because of course that was cody fern who has just been incredible in the show and i think that that is the clear distinction right is that he's not the main character he shows up as a side character and he's yeah he's hilarious his voice i i couldn't stop thinking about lee winnell the entire time um because it really reminded me of his kind of twang on words but yeah he was incredible i love this episode like say if people probably aren't going to seek this out and at this point i mean we'll get to the final but i wouldn't like recommend this show no. overall but i would definitely this, recommend this, this was episode. this was the best episode for me too mm. um you know i think i think probably this episode three had the kind of hype and i really like the premise but missed execution so that would maybe be next and then probably bro house because it was just really fun but wasn't really horror for most of it yeah that um, would definitely bro house would definitely be my second favorite yeah, i think they're my three um but yeah the final episode <laughs> oh my god i i i laughed out loud when it started because a <laughs> i got super triggered and b i knew that you would have been more triggered which made me laugh <laughs> um because it's the return to return to murder house mm. um it's been so, so long so seven episodes of this complete standalone thing where there are standalone stories three of the seven are <laughs> <Really> actually <laughs> just a mini season of murder house oh, um, dear. and yeah i pr- like i pretty much hated this entire episode it's it's a shame because i as much as i hated them returning to murder house i think when we said before i kind of enjoyed like the love story and kind of that aspect of it and the fact that this girl kind of was leaving Murder House and coming back. And we kind of, you know, getting the finale of that story was 
rubbish and getting this whole video game aspect and this mother and then kind of <laughs> that was just terrible and then the actual kind of strip back and we've just been playing a game like that bit was just like this makes no fucking sense that's not even clever you know that's not even like we look at the the baby one where we have the twist of the boyfriend it was the most obvious twist ever and but i was I was fine with it. It made sense in the world. But when they just was like, oh, no, it's a game. I was like, no, nah, that's just dumb. Like, so this mother has put herself being a shitty mum and an obsessive into the into the video game at this point. Like, what? Mm. I'm like, but yeah, the whole thing just irked me from, from pretty much start to finish. And, and, yeah, after episode six, like, this being the finale, like, has le- left a real sour taste. You talk about, like, an ending leaving a sour mm. taste, like... This is the final episode. I was like, "Oh, guys, what have you done?" Yeah, this was pretty terrible, and it was I think by him as well. Which yeah, was, which well, was yeah, well, they wrote the first two, and I think it, mm. it makes more sense now because mm. I think this was this is where they kind of retroactively made the first two part because i think clearly they wanted to have that fun return to murder house and see those returning characters which we do get in this episode we said you know about the frustrating not getting it into the first two was because they were keeping it for this one and it pissed me off more yeah if we'd have got them in the first ones i would have wanted them and enjoyed them when we got on this time i almost stuck my middle finger up like you you've screwed me over for two episodes but i kind of enjoyed and now you're shoving them in now like, yeah, well, especially because the, the the kind of the doctor guy was so yeah. awesome in the first series, and he was one of the yeah. main actors who I was really disappointed, you know, never became yeah. one of the familiars yeah. of American Horror Story. And so yeah. the fact that he's back after all these years for this shite, it's just yeah. like it's really disappointing. Yeah, it's the story makes no sense. Like, there's no point even trying to unpack it. Yeah, it's right. the most convoluted bullshit ever. Where you know and it's very meta as well like it's trying to be this cutesy thing like american horror story exists in this world but yeah it's like but you know it's a tv show but then you have this haunted house and then and the fact that no murder house has been destroyed i'm like well is that is that canon like i don't even know at this point it's just it was terrible when they they were bringing in killers from like freak show and all of that yeah i was kind of like fuck you like there's a time to to maybe give us them and this is not it, mm. you know, like if we saw him pop up in, in some capacity for some reason in, in, in a, in a standalone episode of stories or in a full American horror story season, like I'd lose my mind because I loved it. But like the way this was brought in, it, it just triggered me. Yeah. Like to, to, to do a spin-off show of American horror story after all these years, you have to show a level of restraint and and also to believe in new concepts and ideas and i think what this shows is that when they were presented with this concept their mind immediately went to the most basic fucking thing you could possibly do which is let's have this terrible reunion of characters in murder house let's make it really meta and it's like no this is an anthology show that's supposed to have these self-contained different stories the whole episode is about the mother not getting the concept of murder house and the Mm. son being annoyed that they don't that's literally what the makers of the show did yeah where it's like yeah, they, they don't get the concept of american horror stories <laughs> <laughs> but i think as well um oh, i kind of lost where i was going with that but it was just basically that i'm just triggered by the whole thing yeah <laughs> it really left a bad taste where like you say american horror story the yeah. proper season oh, lest that, we forget that, is back now <laughs> i know i know that was it the um it was the the, the way that they were like 
so excited to reference American horror, horror story exists in the world that they kind mm. of like the characters were like, just go like saying everything about all the seasons. Like, <laughs> yeah. let's go to the hotel. No, let's, let's go in the teepee. Like, let's go. Blah, blah, blah. And I like, did all these different things. And I was like, and then the, the, the troll of like Roanoke. Yeah. Like, this, this mouth in Roanoke, no one else likes it, but we love it. I'm like, guess what guys, you made a bad season. Like don't, mm. don't be bitter about it. Like you, you made how many seasons on American horror story? Like, like nine, I think. Yeah. Like ignoring stories, American horror story just has one bad season. And like mm. the rest are very like there's a, there's a couple of other not so good ones. And then there's some really fantastic ones. Like, don't be bitter about your one miss and it really feels like you are like not to get into it too much but the the reference was why does sarah paulson not like roanoke and that was the headline and then when you read the quote she said it's the one season of american horror story that she did just out of because of the fact that she always does american horror story and she when she did it there wasn't a character for her there she basically said she accepts a lot of the guilt and says she phoned it in her performance because she wasn't engaged with american horror story at that time so it's a very in-depth and like very honest yeah exactly but then us as fans we go no roanoke was shit like so (laughs) um but yeah let's move on from this shall we um yeah because yeah like i say the new season's out soon but i definitely need a couple of weeks off now and i normally wait until i have about three episodes of american horror story to watch anyway but i need a breather i don't want to sully the new season with the the bad taste of this finale i need a break i'm gonna have a break with walking dead i think to make me feel better (laughs) Especially because, like, I really don't know much about this new season other than no, the title. Know. Like, I've not, I've not seen any of the trailers or anything, so I am very excited for it. Um, but yeah, I do want to mention one movie quickly, and then we'll talk about Candyman. Um, is because yeah, I continued my kind of Cronenberg Odyssey um, after taking about a month off, actually. Um, and it, there's a reason for that because I was definitely least less excited about this than I was the other ones. Um, so yeah, the final Cronenberg movie of the '80s is Dead Ringers and yeah it was fine it was definitely my least favorite Cronenberg movie so far um it's about these um two identical twins and so the lead performances is this dual role by Jeremy Irons who plays obviously both the twins and that's incredible like it's one of the best I've seen of that of kind of this one actor playing dual roles and it doesn't use any of those shitty camera tricks or anything and I'm almost blown away like I I'm more fascinated in how this was crafted than the actual movie itself because they did such a good job and I fully believed like within 20 minutes I was just like yeah these are these two identical twins yeah I know because especially because it's the movie starts with him as a child and they obviously use twin children for that one scene and it is funny because yeah then you jump forward to him as an adult but yeah he was stunning as this dual role but sadly the movie just never really got going it was about these two doctors and eventually one gets addicted to drugs and that's kind of where it goes from there but it's very loose on the horror um which is what i expected it's much more of a drama with like one scene of of real horror right towards the end so it was fine glad i watched it i definitely wouldn't recommend it and and it's definitely at the bottom of my my you know i've seen the five cronenberg movies of the 80s now and it is firmly at the bottom um you know i'd have scanners above it i mean the fly has to be number one and then it'd be really hard for me to choose between videodrome and dead zone because i love them both like they they would flip flop in my mind to be honest. I just love them both. So mm. yeah, I, I don't know where I'm going to go from here because kind of like I've got the earliest 70s, stuff, the seventy stuff. 70s. 
yeah, I've got Shivers and Rabid, or I could continue with the 90s, or I could just do something random. Like, I really want to watch A History of Violence um, from, like, what was that, 2005 or something? So um, I'd take take that one, but I really want to see Rabid. Like, I'm excited for you to see that one. Yeah, well, that'll be fascinating, because obviously I've seen the remake, which is Mm. weird that I'll be one of the few people to watch them in that (laughs) order. Um, But I kind of want to watch Shivers first, because obviously that was before Rabid. So, but yeah, I'll definitely be watching more of them. but yeah, I do want to just get us get a sort of hype temperature level um, about this week because I earlier today, in fact, just watched um, Candyman, um, oh, yeah. courtesy of course of the Arrow Video, absolutely incredible Blu-ray, one of my yeah. favourites, um, and it's worth knowing actually. There's, so there's two cuts on the Arrow uh, Blu-ray. There's the usual kind of US R-rated, which is what I watched the first time, and then disc two has what they describe as the original UK theatrical version um on the back it says featuring alternate more graphic footage but looking into it and having read the booklet it's it's literally one scene um right. it's a psychiatrist scene when he gets murdered by Candyman, and it's just way more brutal and violent in this version and you can tell because the quality does dip because they couldn't get the original camera negative for it um but it was cool to see that just this like you know graphic version but this isn't some like nightbreed blade runner situation like it's the same movie just with one scene slightly more graphic um but i fucking loved it i adore Candyman. every time i watch it i love this movie even more and as far as hype levels go i couldn't be more excited for Candyman this week where where are you at for this movie um yeah i mean i'm i'm about as hyped as i can be i'm i'm kind of um kind of like where i don't um i'm not really worried about it being a sequel to kind of or anything to do with the original movie it's more what we've seen which is exciting you know i think and and what we've kind of promised you know with jordan being involved in these trailers i really love the trailers and i just kind of think um the the story of Candyman and everything else is exciting but then their take on it looks super fresh you know it Mm. doesn't feel like a remake it feels like just a true reimagining of an idea that was super cool you know i like the concept of candy man and um uh what is it caprini green or something what is it yeah caprini green yeah like that that obviously is kind of prevalent still but it just feels very different and and yeah i and and also i'm just so buzzed to finally see this movie to finally stop having to avoid the the new trailer that's in the cinema and and just you know see what happens i think um you know, this is this is one that's been truly top of our list for a long while, for multiple reasons. Because I, 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 you know, I adore the original Candyman as well. Mm. And with the with the Arrow Blu-ray coming out when it did, it was kind of it got the hype right there, and then it got taken away from us. Yeah, I, I just I've I've got rehyped. Like the delay definitely killed this for me for a little while, but having known that it's like, you know, I can see the listings at a local cinema at this point, I'm like, I can't wait. You and I'm for quiet place, bro. Yeah. I, I really think this is gonna be more tied to the original than people think. Like there's returning cast members and you know, they've said it's a sequel. So mm. like I think it is gonna be heavily linked. Having just watched it as well, there's so many different things about the kind of mythology of Candyman. Because I forgot about him being like an artist and all this stuff, and then I'm remembering stuff in the trailer which seems to be very art focused i'm like okay there's some there's some stuff in here like i i just hope this movie doesn't disappoint um yeah i know me too 
me too. Because especially when you've had this long away from from one of these franchises that we do, and that's why for me, out of all of those franchises, Candyman and Hellraiser are the two that I've wanted to come back. Because Hellraiser's like I basically ignore all those sequels because they're all dog shit. Um, and then Candyman, we haven't had a movie for so long. Whereas I think like stuff like Leatherface and that, it's just so difficult, isn't it, to feel remotely well, tried excited. So many times at this point. I think that's the thing. Candyman hasn't had these failed attempts, mm. so. Yeah, like, and it seems like it. it kind of comes out of nowhere and you they seemingly are doing all the right things. Um, mm. It's just whether or not they obviously land. But yeah, I hope it's great. And, and I do wonder, obviously, with the Jordan involvement, and I guess we'll know more once we've seen the movie, but, like, I wonder with the pandemic, had he, could he go back in time? Would he have directed this movie? Because it just, mm. it does feel a bit kind of like, man, you only get one shot of this. And I get that he handpicked the director who who seems to be obviously very popular. And she's obviously gone on to do Marvel now. Um, so, yeah, I am curious because, like, I feel like that's going to be the easy out, I guess, if the movie isn't great. Is mm. we'll always wonder and speculate, like, well, this is kind of a Jordan project, but not, it's not fully. You know, this isn't Get Out and Us and this is the third one. It's not. It's not that. Um, no. So, yeah we shall see i cannot goddamn wait and yeah just a few more days to watch it it's gonna be very very exciting next week um but yeah that was our discussion on the night house um thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone